Whatever job you need to do out there, grab the right tool to get it done. The new F-150 with an available hybrid engine and up to 7.2 kilowatts of pro power on board to power things on the go. It's not a tool you'll hang in a tool shed, but you can certainly use it to build one. The new 2024 Ford F-150. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024. Optional features the owner's manual for important operating instructions. Hey everyone, Matt Strapp here. Welcome you to the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Before we begin, if you haven't done so already, take a second to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. We would appreciate that. Today on the show, we have a wide-ranging agenda. Ryan Knaus is here to help me tackle it. We're going to start with some updates and outlooks on some big-name injured players. Ryan, we'll start with, uh, as you may have heard, there's been some news about Anthony Davis recently. I don't know if you heard hey, that. Don't say it. <laughs> uh, the only way to say it for me is it's been a wild couple of days. The bottom line is he might get traded. He might not get traded. He also might get traded. But if he stays in New Orleans, <laughs> now we have to worry about a potential shutdown because mm. no one wants to risk his trade value if the Pelicans are out of the playoff race and they know he's not staying there. So things have changed a lot in a way. And it sounds weird to say it because he was such a surefire number one option not very long ago. But Ryan, should Anthony Davis owners be panicked at this point? Unfortunately, as someone who owns him in multiple leagues, I have to say yes. I think this is very bad news. Um, I mean, best case, he gets traded quickly and slots right into a big role for a team like the Lakers, let's say. Worst case, the Pelicans decide to hold him out until the summer because the Celtics, who are one of the teams kind of that have been building toward offering a sweet package for Anthony Davis with young talent draft picks, they can't acquire him until the summer because of different CBA rules that, you know, they can't have him and Kyrie on his current contract on the same team. So the Pelicans, what incentive do they have to trade Anthony Davis now when they could wait and maybe leverage an offer from Boston against what L.A. is offering and other teams, perhaps? Um, I, I just don't see it, especially since there's not going to be a lot of a bidding war because most teams realize Anthony Davis isn't going to re-sign with them after next season. So it's a bad situation. And if he does end up staying in New Orleans through the summer, they have no incentive to play him. I mean, they might as well tank games and not risk some sort of catastrophic injury that will lower his sky-high trade value. So I'm worried, Matt. Right. And I mean, I don't think anyone's expecting like an imminent shutdown like starting now, but you certainly have to be worried that he may not be out there when you need him most in terms of fantasy. And Ryan, since you have him in multiple leagues, I'll ask you, I mean, how far would you go in trying to get a top 10 asset for him would you trade him for you know Nikola Jokic like no questions asked right now for example I would frankly yeah just get get out from the unknown (laughs) if you're still getting the top 10 player you know trade him for Joel Embiid right yeah I, I I think you have to all right so throw some offers out there or at least consider if you have Anthony Davis you mentioned the Celtics a minute ago Ryan I want to talk about Kyrie Irving as well he's not seriously injured but he has missed two of his last three so the question is on a scale of 1 to 10, given his injury history, how worried are you about him not being on the court when it matters most for your fantasy squad? Or if you prefer this phrasing, how aggressively, on a scale of 1 to 10, would you be trying to trade him? Not very aggressive. I'll go with the scale, I'll say, like a 2 or 3. Oh, okay. I okay. mean, he was out recently with a flu. He's got a bit of a hip injury, but it doesn't sound serious. He's just day-to-day. I looked back. There's no real history for him playing on the Celtics late in the season because he was injured late last year. 
But Al Horford, Marcus Morris, both of them just missed a handful of games over the past couple seasons, usually in the final two to three weeks, they'll sit out here and there, but they weren't shut down outright. So there's really no obvious history of Brad Stevens and the Celtics just shutting down veterans. So that inspires some confidence. Um, Boston also does a great job limiting minutes. We, we always talk about how I think Kyrie led the Celtics with 32 minutes per game last year, somewhere around there this year too. So that's going to reduce the need for actual DMP CDs. Um, so yeah, I'm not, I'm not super concerned. Okay, cool. I, I was, I'll be honest, I was expecting a higher number, but that's good to hear. And I'm sure Kyrie Irving's fantasy owners are happy to hear a lower number on that one. Uh, all right, now to a guy who's been out a while. It's been very quiet on Robert Covington. No timetable for his return. But, you know, he's been a top 20 player on the season in nine category leagues when he's been out there. It's a weird situation because usually we're getting more mm. frequent updates we really haven't gotten much of anything. Is it a worthwhile gamble to acquire him right now while we're sort of all in the dark on Covington? That's tough. I, I think this is very league-specific. Obviously, he's built for 9-cat. He's best in Roto, not so great in points leagues, so there's, there's always going to be that divide. Uh, in terms of whether you can stash him, it, it really depends. If you're sitting pretty and you're thinking about, you know, I'm, I'm going to make the playoffs, how do I put my team over the top? He's a great stash. I think, yeah, you could do... A lot worse as you said a, you know he's a top 20 guy when healthy uh it, it also helps that the wolves are only three and a half games out of the playoff picture so they do have incentive to get him back on the court the recent updates as you've said they they're few and far between the most recent thing i could find was coach ryan saunders said that covington has quote recently done more work on the on the stationary bike so <laughs> i mean i don't know he's he's not traveling with the team He's pedaling a little, little bit. He's on acquired a, a Peloton. Bike. He's acquired a Peloton bicycle and uh, <laughs> right. enjoying it. <laughs> so yeah, the, the, it's so opaque. It's it's tough to stash him if you're fighting for your playoff lives. But if, like I said, if you're thinking about you know how to put your team over the top, uh, he's he's a good target. This is a this is a situation where if you're a team that's in really good position in your standings, uh, load up on guys like Covington if you can. If Covington's on a team that's kind of scrapping and clawing to try to make the playoffs, and maybe a similar story for Clint Capella, Ryan. We've gotten even less updates on Capella. He's a couple mm. weeks into a four to six week timetable. If you click on the little tab next to him in Yahoo leaks, there's just nothing. It's like you know, <laughs> there's not even like a, a blurb, a Roto World blurb that populates there. It's been so long, yeah. I believe. Uh, so total crickets on Capella. Uh, we think we know around when he's going to be back. I guess it could, in theory, be another month. Is he a good trade target if you're in strong position in your league standings? For sure. Another guy like Covington, who was top 20 when healthy, one of the most elite sources of boards, blocks, and field goal percentage. I mean, you can't ask for a better true true center. Um, he doesn't hurt you anywhere really beyond the free throw shooting, but you you know you know that going in. It also helps that he's dealing with a, a thumb injury, right? It's thumb surgery, so his conditioning should be okay when he gets back. It's not a lower body injury that's going to prevent him from running and, and keeping his wind up. So there's a bunch of reasons to be optimistic. And as you said, we're two weeks in. We've heard nothing about him. So you can find him on plenty of waiver wires, I think, because owners had no choice but to cut him with the four to six week timetable. Um, Fareed playing so well might hurt him a little bit. Maybe Houston isn't as aggressive getting him back on the court, but uh, I still I still like him. If there's any way you can stash him, I'm a little more bullish on him than Covington even, I think. Mm -hmm. Okay, so yeah, so try to load up on Capella anywhere you can. Now, this is a different story on this last injury update I want to talk to you about. Danilo Gallinari, he's missed six games in counting with, I believe, what's being called back spasms. 
what is your I, I, if I recall you were worried about Gallinari before this injury hit one of many people in sort of disbelief that he hadn't gotten hurt yet mm-hmm. if you have him on your squad what do you do I mean you wouldn't dare sell low at this point would you I mean is this really a long-term concern do we even know it's not. I've looked back. Back spasms have been an issue for Gallinari throughout his career. It's never been more than a couple weeks, really. Um, he's. I don't understand the phenomenon of slow healers, but he, pre- <laughs> he, he pretty much defines what they are. But he should be back soon. Doc Rivers said he'd miss at least one more game after Monday, so it doesn't sound like he's going to play Thursday. Maybe he's back this weekend. But he's been really good I mean he's missed six straight it's frustrating but to this point he's shattered his valuation I mean the injury risk is why you got him at a hundred or later right. in your in your draft so he's already far exceeded expectations I'm holding I even held him in a 10 team league with a pretty strong waiver wire where there's lots of good players but Gallo's been great when healthy so yeah. so yeah I'm, I've held him and I'm I'm really hopeful that he's back if not Thursday then Saturday you know, he's basically just day to day, so I'm not I'm not super worried here. Yeah, I did the same thing in a ten team league actually, mm-hmm. and yeah. I think once he's back, I'm I don't I'm not finding this to be a situation where it's like, all right, I gotta unload him before he gets hurt again. He certainly could get hurt again, but again, I I don't think this is a situation where you're gonna get fair return for him if you try to Precisely. unload him. So yeah. I think you're just stuck with him, which may actually be a good thing. All right, Ryan, uh, part two now. I want to talk to you about five recent trends that have caught my eye and get your take on them. Number one, Tobias Harris just dominating lately, picking things up in maybe some areas we didn't even expect, expect including assists. So his last eight games look like this, 23.5 points, 7.5 boards, around 4.5 assists, 0.9 steals, 0.6 blocks, 2.3 trays, great percentages. He's up to 20 overall, number 20 overall in nine category leagues. Do you think this is where he stays going forward? Uh, I really do. Yeah, it's a good segue from Gallinari because I think Gallo's absence recently has thrust Tobias into an even more prominent role than he had. Uh, And he's stepping up to his credit. I think another change that's not Gallinari related is that the Clippers are acknowledging Shea Gilgis-Alexander isn't ready to guide the offense. Mm -hmm. He's, he's, I think, uh, among the top 100 qualifying players for assist-to-turnover ratio, he's 82nd. The only point guards lower than him on that list are Dennis Smith Jr. and Colin Sexton. So just very inefficient in terms of his playmaking. So they've turned it over. I mean, we've seen Lou Williams has had, what, he had a triple-double the other night. He's had, I think, uh, double-digit assists in two of his past three games. So he and Tobias Harris are really taking on the burden as as a makeshift point guard, really. And yeah, I think there's no reason Tobias can't keep this up. He's always been super efficient for Roto, and the assists are just a bonus. Oh, they are a bonus, but do you believe there's a chance that it's a bonus that can continue? Like three, let's say three, three and a half, four assists, something like that going forward? Yeah, I think three plus is a, a very reasonable spot. Okay, and by the way, totally unnecessary jab there at Shea Gilgis-Alexander after you declined <laughs> to trade for him recently in the 30-deep, 30 30-man 30 fantasy league we're in. Everyone, I need a center. Ryan had some extra centers. I have Clint Capella injured. Very hard to find replacements in that league. I made him a very fair offer. Steve, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Steve he went behind my back yeah. to Dr. A. <laughs> I leveraged your offer. And, <laughs> it uh, did. And got Torian Prince out of it. So Wow. It hurt. Yeah, so I'm rolling with Greg Monroe for a couple more weeks. Greg, eight minutes a game one Monroe. Of, one of my cast-off centers, so enjoy that. Brutal, dude. I, the reason I drafted Capella, I was like, this dude doesn't get hurt. Like, I'm locked and loaded. I don't even need a backup center. Damn. Well, what hubris. All right. Next one, next trend, Ryan. I'll preface this by saying 
I I do love Bradley Beal as a basketball player, as a fantasy player, but I have noticed some alarming numbers in percentages and turnovers lately as he just does whatever he wants in that Wizards offense. Uh, his last five games, counting stats are great. I don't even need to run through those. We all know they're good, but here are the percentages. 40 from the field on, I believe, 20 attempts, 77 from the line, and 3.8 turnovers. So the question, Ryan, are you worried about all this usage making Beal a liability in those three categories where you can actually get sunk below, uh, you know what I mean, where it's hard to dig out of holes in those categories? Yeah. Um, Turnovers, for sure. I mean, he's, as you said, he's just got carte blanche offensively. And the problem with that is every team can load up against him. There's nobody else on this roster to distract defenses and force them to play off Bradley Beal, especially with Otto Porter coming off the bench. I mean, teams just, you know, stop Bradley Beal and you get a win. So I think that's contributing to the lower field goal percentages. Granted, he's still shooting above 45% in January, so it's been a very recent slump. Uh, He's a guy who hasn't shot below 44.9% since 2014-15. So I'm not you know, I think he'll bounce back field goal percentage. The free throw percentage dip is fluky. I don't, I'm not, I don't think exhaustion is leading him to miss or anything like that. But the sky high turnovers, you know, three and a half, four a game, that's here to stay for sure. All right. So the turnovers are there. You're, you're optimistic, though, that this 40, uh, 40% shooting is potentially just a blip. Yeah, I think somewhere in between. I, I, as I said, I think all the, the increased defensive attention is going to gonna hurt him efficiency-wise. Yeah. But I do think he's, I mean, he's a career 44.8% shooter. So I'd say I don't think he's going to be worse than 42, 43 the rest of the way. Give me 43 and I'm happy. I'll take it. I'll sign off on 43 right now. (laughs) Uh, For the aforementioned Celtics, Al Horford is in the middle of what may be his best stretch of the season. So two of his three 20-plus point games on the season have come during his last six games. His numbers during those six, 17.8 points, 9.2 boards. Two and a half blocks, 1.3 triples. Is Horford set up for a huge finish, or should I stop living and dying so much with small sample sizes? Well, you took the words right out of my mouth. This the uh, small sample size, man. He's, I mean, Horford's a, a long-term veteran. He's got an extensive record as a fantasy player. You know, we, we know what we're getting at this point. So he's shooting 64.3% in that six-game sample you mentioned. He's never been above 56.7 in his career. He's never been above this year's 52.5 since joining the Celtics. So, of course, he's playing way above his head. You know, he's on fire from downtown. He hasn't missed a free throw since December 23. (laughs) Uh, He's dropping 3.8 assists per game in January. So, I mean, he's surging. It's fantastic to watch. Dropping dimes like Tobias Harris out there. That's right. That's right. And, um, I mean, I, I love him. I, I, he's a great fantasy player. He's very well-rounded, perfect for 9-cat, great in 8-cat. But, yeah, I think he's he's over his head a little bit right now. Yeah, he's he's been fine. I mean, like, even with his low end, you know, 12 and 6 or whatever he's been averaging, he's still really useful. So, whatever, sure. just take it, I guess, when he gets hot and yeah. uh, as long as it potentially lasts. A much lower profile trend, number four here. Mitchell Robinson uh, is back. He has multiple blocks in five straight games. Over that stretch, he's averaging 8.4 points, four boards. But here's the good news. 1.2 steals, 2.8 blocks in just 17 minutes a game over those five games. Are you excited? I'm excited is a strong word, but I I, <laughs> I, I I believe it. I think that his multiple block games aren't a fluke. It's what he does. I mean, he's fantastic. He's blocked, while he's on the court, 68% of the Knicks shots. 
uh, or the Knicks blocks, I should say, are from him. That's the third highest qualifying rate behind only Kem Birch and Miles Turner. So he's a shot blocking specialist. That's what he's out there for. And, you know, he's amazingly foul prone, I guess. That's the only real issue. But with Ennis Canner out of the picture, Luke Cornett is injured for, I think, another week or two. So I'm down to own Robinson in most leagues, really. All right, so Robinson owned in just 20% of Yahoo leagues. He was kind of a forgotten man for a while, so go take a look. Uh, Difference-making blocks potential down the stretch if he can stay out of foul trouble. All right, one more one more trend here, Ryan, I want to ask you about. This is less happy news. Free-throw renaissance man DeAndre Jordan shot 76% from the stripe, his first 26 games. One of the great, one of the heartwarming stories of this NBA fantasy season. Uh, since then, though, he has shot... Just 60% from the line. Not a disaster, but potentially problematic. Is this cause for concern, panic, fear? What, where, what are, where are we at with DeAndre Jordan and his free throw shooting? <laughs> Don't stop there, Matt. Pure, pure terror. I Mayhem, think. bedlam, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, no, th- and this actually reminds me of, I think it was Andre Drummond last year, who was shooting like 70% for the first month of the season, and everyone got real excited and talked about it a lot. But inevitably... You know, there's always a regression to the mean, right? DeAndre Jordan's not suddenly an 80% free throw shooter. For me, you knew this going in. It was a welcome surprise when he was hitting his free throws early, but you drafted him with the caveat that he could tank your free throw percentage. Right. So the fact that it's happening over the past two seasons, or two two months, I should say, you know, you, you can't be upset by. Uh, I think he's still above his career average recently. You know, he's hopefully not tanking you, but if he is, that's what you signed up for. Um, that's pretty much my take. I will say that he's been 72.8% accurate in home games and just 63.2 on the road. So oh. that's a, that's a huge swing. So maybe, um, I, I don't know how you could use it's that. Thunder, because... It's those thunder sticks. They're just, they really rattle <laughs> they inspire them. Yeah, Do we yeah. still use those? I, I, I've been to some NBA games recently, but I, I feel like they're not around, but maybe I could be wrong. Hopefully they've been banned. Those the, are absolutely the worst. The Vuvuzelas or whatever of <laughs> the NBA, NBA arena. <laughs> DeAndre did go seven for nine from the line on Sunday. So if you're a desperate optimist, he may be about to turn things around. But yeah, as you said, Ryan, I think we may be looking at regression to the mean. Uh, Ryan, what do you have coming up on the rotoworld.com website in terms of uh, a column? Well, uh, every Monday I do my DFS column. So check that out. And Wednesday's numbers game column will come out. I do not have a topic in mind, but it'll be some sort of statistical deep dive. Man, you really like to—I think you're kind of like me in that regard. You really like to take it down to the wire and just, just let well, the adrenaline kick yeah, in. <laughs> part of the problem with, with my numbers game column is I have to come up with a new concept every week. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's not always fun. <laughs> the same thing happens with round ball stew. I'm like, what are we going to do this week? And usually yeah, by the time yeah. Thursday rolls around, I have some some seed of an idea. Yeah, um, yeah. There certainly have been, over the 10 years I've written the column, some Friday mornings where I'm sitting there like, well, well. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, Round Ball Stew will be out on Friday. Mike Gallagher's DFS podcast will be out on Friday as well. Ryan, this is a quick one, but I think we packed in a lot of info. Um, I, I, would, I would say, you know, I, I guess I'll stop it there. I'll stop at that. We packed in a lot of info. Uh, thanks for taking the time, everyone. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. We will talk to you soon. You can say bye, Ryan. Bye, Matt. (laughs) 
Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.